Welcome to the podcast of RUF at Boston University. I want to give you guys an intro kind of to RUF and also to the series that we're going to be doing this semester, which as Joseph already said, is life in his name. It's going to be walking through the Gospel of John. Uh, but the way I want to start um, is tell you a little bit more about RUF. But I'm going to tell you some like details that you'll probably forget. And then I want to tell you a story. And hopefully you'll remember that. And hopefully that will leave an impression on what we are really about and what we do here on campus. So RUF stands for Reformed University Fellowship. Um, raise your hand if you feel like you know what the word reformed means. <laughs> like, like not many of us, right? It's not like, it, it's like reformed school, reformed. What does that mean? Well, it's ties back to the Protestant Reformation. If you remember the uh, history classes, 1517, Luther knocking uh, or, or nailing the 95 Theses to the door of the Wittenberg Cathedral, but I'm not gonna give you a history lesson. We are tied to the Protestant Reformation. So that's where we get the word reformed. We are a Christian ministry, just in case you were wondering. But we have people from all backgrounds. Uh, I have people all the time like, hey, I'm not a Christian, or um, I've never been to something like this. Can you come? Yes, absolutely. You're welcome. We are so glad you're here. Um, so I work full-time as the campus minister for RUF. Uh, I have a card, a BUID that says chaplain. Uh, I, I have full access to the campus. I get uh, you know, tested and all, all sorts of stuff, uh, the same as you guys um, with COVID, yeah, COVID testing. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm an ordained minister, and what that means is I've been given a call by the church to be at a specific place. And most people who are ordained are in churches. I'm not at a church. I don't work for a church. Um, my people is the campus of BU. So I'm here most days of the week, and I love to hang out with people. I love to drink coffee. Um, so please reach out. Feel free. That's always an open invitation uh, for you guys. Uh, I'd love to get to know you and more about your, your faith journey. So like I said, I want to give you an intro into what RUF is all about. Um, I want to do this by telling you about a man named Thomas. Now, Thomas, you've never met. He didn't live uh, in our century. He lived a long time ago. He lived in the first century AD. Um, but he was someone who struggled with belief. Now, think about like the word believe or belief. We are believing creatures. Even in the 21st century and the progressive, developed America that we are in, we love to believe. We want to believe in things. We want to believe in, in hope for a better future. We want to believe in people that we can do better and make things better. But the problem is, is every time we believe in something or someone, eventually it seems like they fail us. The reputation they had crumbles. We see this all the time with celebrities. Institutions, including the church, they fail us. We believed. We wanted to be part of that community, that church, that group, and it failed us. Sadly, even our friends and our family sometimes 
fail us, all of these things that we believe in, including even ourselves, kind of the last thing we have, right? Sometimes you want to believe in yourself at all times, but even ourselves, we fail. Even ourselves disappoint. So at best, we can grow accustomed to holding our beliefs loosely. You know, we kind of hedge our bets. We, we believe sort of halfway. We certainly don't go all in. And at worst, it can feel like belief. We, we give up on it altogether because it's led to the worst period of our lives. When we believed, when we dreamed, when we hoped, and that thing failed, our life feels like it's, um, it feels like we're done. It feels like we're done. The thing that we want when things get tough, when things get hard, we don't want to be scrambling for someone or something to hold on to. We want something that's going to stand. We want something steady, something worth believing in, worth going all in on that belief. Back to Thomas. Thomas was a man who struggled to believe, like I said. He's known as Doubting Thomas. He was a man full of doubts. And he thought he had found something worth believing in. He found this man named Jesus, who was a man from Nazareth, and he was one of his most loyal followers. In fact, he was one of 12 who were called his disciples. And get this, Thomas is so loyal that in chapter 11 of verse John, it says that he said to his buddies, he said, let's go too so that we may die with Jesus. He was that part of the group. He was that member of the group. He was a leader. He was devoted. He was loyal. Maybe you could even say he was among the most loyal and devoted to this man, Jesus. But here he is. All his hopes have been placed in this man, Jesus. And then one day, Jesus was arrested. He was put on trial. He was executed on a cross. And he was buried in a tomb. Imagine what Thomas must have been feeling. All that he had hoped in. He had left everything, his occupation, his dreams for his career, even probably his family, for this person, Jesus. He believed that he was the, the Messiah, the one who was going to save the world. And he was ready to go all the way, even to his death. And then the person he believed in, Jesus, died. But this happened on a Friday. And a couple days later, Thomas began to hear of reports of sightings of Jesus. Now, this is pretty crazy. Um, even more wild than this is that the tomb was guarded by Roman centurions. This was a guarded tomb, and the tomb was empty. They could not find Jesus' body. And so as the days went on, Thomas's closest friends, those who were called Jesus' disciples, um, they began to see Jesus. They began to say, hey, I saw him. I met him. And I even saw the proof that he had been crucified on the cross. I saw the wounds in his hand. I saw the, 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 the pierce where his side had been pierced. 
I saw the wounds in his feet. I know it's him. He's alive. I spoke with him. Maybe I embraced him. He was hearing all of these people say that. And imagine if you have a bunch of good friends and you're the last one to find out the good news. That's who Thomas was. Everyone else had seen Jesus. And here's Thomas who had not. And so he says to his friends, he says, guys, unless I see it, unless I see the wounds in his hands and place my fingers into the wound in his side, I will not believe. Like, guys, I have to see it for myself. So eight days go by. Thomas still had not seen Jesus, but he's still hanging out with the people who follow Jesus. He's hanging out with Jesus's followers in a locked room. They were really scared to be associated with this man who had just been tried and executed. They were really scared. So they had a locked door, but all of a sudden, Jesus appeared. No one had let him in. No one had no, knew he was coming. There was no knock at the door. All of a sudden he appears in the midst of them. So we aren't told who spoke first. I'm sure there are some gasps. I mean, if I was there, I think, I don't know if I could say anything. My, my throat would probably dry up. Um, but what is, what happens? You can see, by the way, the passage behind me, so you can see the end of the story. Jesus breaks the silence. He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And then he turns directly to Thomas and says, Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Now, remember that Thomas had said these words to his fellow disciples, to his friends, but Jesus wasn't there. But Jesus appears now and he knew exactly what Thomas had asked for. He doesn't direct his attention to anyone else. His business is with Thomas. And he uses the exact words, hey, this is what you asked for. Do it, touch me, see, it's me, I'm real. We aren't even told in this Scripture, if Thomas, you know, the skeptic that he was, takes this opportunity, puts on his glasses, say, well, let me see here. <laughs> we aren't even told that Thomas actually touches Jesus's wounds to see for himself, to, to get that sensory confirmation. But what we are told is that Thomas says these words, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Here was someone worth believing in. Jesus, the one who had days earlier, everyone could see it. It was public execution. He had hung dead on a tree. He was alive standing before Thomas. All the promises of a kingdom that cannot be shaken, all of the allusions Jesus had made to God being his father, clicks. 
Thomas remembers what Jesus had said about himself, all of a sudden it made sense. Jesus was not just Lord. In other words, he was not just a teacher or a prophet, which he was, but he was my Lord and my God. So what's happening here is, is Jesus and Thomas are having this personal encounter. Thomas doesn't say a Lord and a God. He says, my Lord and my God. So Thomas had seen Jesus, but there's more. It wasn't just that empirical verification, okay, yes, this is Jesus. Something happened to Thomas. Something happened inside of him. The eyes of his heart, the eyes of faith, if you will, had been opened. He could finally see who Jesus was. More than just physically seeing him, he knew that he was God's son sent to save the world. Jesus responds, though, in a really strange way. He says, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. Do you guys know what it means to break the fourth wall? Um, the, the office was the only like, example I could think of, except that's not real because it's actually, it's supposed to be like a mockumentary, like a fake documentary. So it's, it's pretty rare. I mean, it's kind of like in SNL or like a sketch comedy when you see somebody like start to laugh when they're not supposed to. That's when you like all of a sudden have this experience where you're the audience and you realize those are just people. <laughs> those are just actors. This is just a movie. This is just a play. That's when you break the fourth wall and all of a sudden you see that you are a part of this experience. This verse sort of breaks down that fourth wall. You think at first that, oh, this is a nice little story about it. One man who went from doubt to belief, from doubt to faith. But he says, blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. I don't know about you, but that's, that's me. I've not been face-to-face with Jesus, but I have believed. And he says, blessed are me. Blessed are you who have not seen and yet believed. So this passage has everything to do with us. He thought it was about Thomas. He thought it was about Jesus. He thought it was about just first century AD stuff. But it's about you and me. Verse 30 and 31. Um, when you're reading a book, especially when you're writing an essay or a book report, sometimes you just want the, the author to just come out and say, why did you write this book? <laughs> What's the meaning of this book? What's the purpose? Well, the author of the Gospel of John, he gives us that. Verse 30 and 31. The purpose of the book. Verses 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, in other words, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The experience that Thomas had, 
of going from doubt to faith, of going from not seeing to seeing, is meant to be replicated. But it's meant to be done through a different means. It's through these words. And not just the words of the Gospel of John, but the the words of the entire Scriptures. That's the purpose of the entire Bible. So that we may see Jesus, and that by believing in Him, we may have life in His name. Okay, so... Sure, like, okay, Nathan, I get it. Like, you want us to believe in Jesus, like, of course, you're a pastor. Why? So what? Why would I care? Why would I care that anyone believe in Jesus? It means that we can no longer live just to die. It means that we can live forever with God. So what? Well, eternal life is at stake. Your very lives are at stake. That's the so what. That's the consequence of this belief that by believing in Jesus, we may have life in his name. It's not just in our heads. It's not just dreams of something that might happen. No, it's our dreams come true in real life. See, What happened to Jesus, those who believe in him, it will happen to all of us. Though our bodies may die, we will live again. That's something worth believing in. Now, there are probably some of you who aren't there. And I want to say that is okay. I'm so glad you are here. I want you to walk with us through the gospel of John, because what we're going to do, I'm not going to just repeat what I just said over and over again. I just gave you a preview of kind of the conclusion. What we're going to do is we're going to see for ourselves. Anybody remember reading rainbow? (laughs) Take a look. It's in a book. And then is it LeVar or Lamar? Sorry. He says, don't take my word for it. Go read for yourself. Like, I may be a pastor, I may have, like, some degrees to my name, but, like, don't take my word for it. I want you guys to see for yourself in the Scripture. And if you say, if you see something that I'm saying that doesn't line up with what the Scripture says, come talk to me. I might learn something from you. I might be wrong. But I want to invite you on this journey to look at what Jesus says about himself. So we're going to start at the beginning and we're going to look at what Jesus says. He says, I am the river of life. I am the good shepherd. And we're going to unpack each one of those statements. That's what we're going to do on Monday nights. But RUF is more than that. It's not just listening to somebody talk. It's encouraging one another. Thomas was a part of a a friend group, right? We want to be a group of friends. Uh, we want to get to know each other. That's why we play games like we did. That's why we uh, do bonfires in my backyard. Um, who is welcome? Anyone is welcome. People like Thomas, doubters and skeptics, those who are tired and worn out, those who are hanging on a thread of belief 
and aren't sure what they exactly believe, those who long to believe in something that's worth believing, you are welcome. We want you to go on this journey with us. Anyone who wants more than what is, you have this itch, you have this desire for something more. That's where I'm at. We crave eternal life with Jesus, and that's what RUF is about. Experiencing that eternal life now, going to his word, and understanding what Jesus says about himself. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing another song. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time uh, to be together, to be in person, and we just pray that you'll bless this time, this semester, as we walk through the Gospel of John. Lord, I pray that you would uh, give us energy as we start the semester, start the year. Um, Lord, I pray that you would speak peace uh, to those who feel anxious and feel fearful. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.